Greetings film fans and welcome to episode 30 of The Big Review Ski, the show from Joe and Her that once again is celebrating a very important anniversary. I'm your host Owen DeHardy and I'm delighted to be joined by two people I've missed more than people have missed the point about what there is to get about the Meg. All you need to get... Hang on, you're doing, what? You're doing finger quotes. I'm doing finger quotes on the word get. But, but I kinda, they can't see you but do But I kind of emphasise the word get as well. What mm. I was going to say was all you need to... Get finger quotes. Is that it's Jason Statham fighting a giant shark? That's it. Um, so the two people I miss more than that is uh, is Rory Cashin and Palmer. Hello. And I have missed you too. <laughs> finger wait, quotes. Wait, wait. Finger no, quotes. Do we not have a quote like a vote to get him back? Like he was absent. He left us. Well, he gets a vote. I get a vote as well. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I, I get that's the cast and vote. That's written nowhere on my imaginary contract. Rory actually voted. Uh, to have me back as well thanks I, Well, uh, I, you, you don't have any cream horns and you, you're not even nice none. to us they're actually in a bag outside the room I get oh, them yeah, afterwards that's how he bought me tell me this have you any idea what we're celebrating this week 30th episode um, oh yeah I was going to give it, <laughs> I, was, I was going to give you a, a clue but yeah you kind of it's those definitely things? not you coming back anyway is it actually Paul's birthday let's find out okay oh no, you nailed it. It uh, it actually was the Meg. Oh, well, happy birthday, Paul. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't compete with the same. Well, actually, no, it is. It's happy birthday as well. It's happy birthday as well. Sneaky, sneaky. What age are you now? 17. <laughs> wow, you don't look a day over Child 40. Child labour laws in this country are terrible. so just off. You you have, as a 17-year-old, you have lived a full life. Oh, like I've a, seen some stuff. You were an abandoned building of a man. Yeah. Um, so, Rory, it was your birthday recently, and it's Paul's birthday this I mean, week. It's so typical. No I have a birthday, and then what? Paul has to have You have too. a birthday, too. I'm going to have to Get have a birthday next week. Um, if you like the bigger risky to dress up as a clown and make balloon animals for you and your friends at a birthday that. party, you can tweet us on Twitter at Bigger Ski and you can WhatsApp us on 874,001,103. And don't forget to add 00353 before that, too. It's another cracker of a show coming up this week. We're going to be joined by one of the men behind the Meg, not in that way, and one of the world's leading visual uh, effects experts, Adrian the Wet. No. <laughs> Are you sure? A positive. What's I his name? Specifically told, it's Adrian the De- Wet. The Vet. De- he's a vet for the purposes he's of the De- Met. It is spelled W E T. And from what I understand, he is a very good specialist. <laughs> if a man's name is spelled W E T and he's working on the Meg, his name is pronounced Wet. Oh, I know, and that's probably why the uh, the, the PR job. people specifically said it's the Vet. Did you mean specifically? Oh god Because it's an ocean with sharks Owen is gone No way <laughs> So we'll have Don't a- need you to explain the Adrian <laughs> The Wet will be coming up later Wet. on the show No he actually But he is a very cool man He's got an unbelievable track record Of films as, as like a visual effects supervisor Yeah he's worked on The Matrix The Hunger Games Harry Potter's uh, Other ones And now The Meg The highlight <laughs> of his life I mean um, It's all down here <laughs> We've also got uh, Loads of mind numbing high clues And some tickets to go And see the brand new Psychological thriller Searching, which is actually supposed to be an incredible I've seen film. it, it's very good. Excellent. Very good. So um, we are going to be giving tickets away to that screening, which will be coming up uh, next week. Now, though, it's time for the big question on the Big Review Ski. And for this week's big question on the Big Review Ski, it's over to me for this week's big question on the Big Review Ski. Mm. Just getting the name. You got there. a question there? Um, yeah, in honour of Paul's big birthday. 17, uh, baby. <laughs> I wanted to know, what's your favourite birthday party or birthday scene in a film? 
Well, right. See, this was tough because we already did parties recently. We did. Yeah, but like movie parties. So like this was tough because it narrowed the scope down a lot. Like there's a difference between somebody just having a birthday yeah. and it being a full-on birthday party. Um, but I remember seeing this particular birthday scene way too young. And Uh-oh. it um, <laughs> it it turning me off the idea of ever having a, an outdoor birthday party ever again in my life. So <gasps> let's see if you can oh, guess it. Okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. Let's see. All right, here we go. One, two, three. There you go. Love that scene in Showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, any of these? It's the omen, isn't it? No. I was, I was th- did you say no? I said no. Because no. I was thinking initially the omen, but then, because we already had that scene recently when they look up and they see the yes, baby. Happy yeah. birthday. Is this the, is all for you. Is it the birds? It's the birds. It's the birds. Yeah. Um, by all the flapping that you can hear there and in the, the background. the squeaking. And the birds squeaking as well. Yeah. That poor little girl was having her birthday party and she was playing with the pinata with the the blindfold on and a bird kind of attacks her she can't see what she's doing and then all the kids just scarper and (laughs) have to run away out of pure terror Uh, and then one of their mams has her eyes eaten out in front of her so (laughs) so you saw that as a kid uh, quite young yeah and I was like oh sound no more birthday parties outside for me and also birds can fuck off (laughs) (laughs) well how are you with birds these days what do you mean by that though listen whatever way you take it bad all round <laughs> bad all round <laughs> Paul what birthday party scene did you go for uh, nothing too traumatic with birds though but uh, something that does involve an animal a film I was contemplating the omen because that's kind of my weird taking things but I went for something that's more cheery and uplifting a film that no matter what type of mood I'm in I put it on and it makes me laugh and a scene stealing turn from somebody with one of the greatest costumes and hairdos I've ever seen and a great line of dialogue. Here it is. Be careful with that. That's the most powerful trank gun on the market. Huh. Got her in Mexico. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. They say it can puncture the skin of a rhino from a... Ow! Oh! Yes! That's awesome! What? You just took one in the jugular, man! Whoa. Yes! <laughs> I know, like, Will Ferrell obviously very funny, but Sean William Scott the is Muller. really Sean underrated. Because uh, Sean William Scott is working with the, the wee pony at that point. And he's like, he's like what? And <laughs> these fuckers trying to take out the kids. I get to take them down. Oh, the most intense man at a birthday ever. Because that says, you were talking about amazing cameo or kind of supporting uh, appearances last mm. week. Mm. And uh, his one would be right up there. Sean yeah. William Scott in that Fantastic. film as well. And then uh, after that, Will Ferrell starts tripping balls pushing kids yeah, into the pool right. and then drags the entire presence into the pool where he hallucinates to Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> and then shifts Sean William Scott when he's getting the CBR in the moment I actually I realised Jesus Christ Will Ferrell is a genius well that uh, old school 
uh, was released in 2003. Mm. And that was actually before, because uh, Anchorman and Elf, his two, like, kind of, ones that kind of catapulted him. Uh, catapulted him. Catapulted They catapulted the shit out of him. Before he became a <laughs> Yeah. Was, uh, was 2004. So I always, I always thought that they were kind of the start of his, his Yeah, he was in and out of Roxbury before, and he did a few yeah. other small things. Uh, he was in Austin Powers, of course, as well. But that was, like, Frank the Tank is just one yeah. of my favourites. And uh, that scene just gets That's me an unbelievable birthday scene. In fact, it's so unbelievable. Oh, no. Yeah, here we go. What kind of gun is that? <laughs> That's a tranquilizer gun. I knew it. Hey, exactly the same. I knew you'd go for that. You, t- you both possess a weird, <laughs> a weird <laughs> lack of <What>? foresight. <laughs> Never hey, occurred hey. to you to check to see if you both said no. into... No. That's the most right. powerful trank gun on the market. Cool. <laughs> it's been ages since I've heard this yeah, clip. It is cool. They say it can puncture the skin of a rhino from a... <laughs> Ah, you, know, not not you know what happened? He shot himself oh. in the neck. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. In fairness, though, you just want to see what? that bullet. Every time I hear that, you just you see just that. You just took one in the jugular, man. <laughs> I knew you'd pick that. Whoa! <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I did. Is this bad? Is this bad? You should pull that out. That shit is not cool. Wait, wait, wait. Pull it out. The dart, man. You got a fucking dart in your neck. Are you playing the rest of the movie? <laughs> Why not? Why not? You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy. That is, of course, a clip from Old School, which was released in 2003. And I didn't realise that. Uh, was it Will Ferrell's yeah, first film? It was Will film? It was one of his earliest films. First breakout film, wasn't oh, it? Oh, I feel like playing that whole clip again. Anyway. The um, second one felt and was twice as long as the first one. Yeah, I it was mine for brevity yeah, purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, listen, we're 30 shows in and we've never doubled up on anything before. What? <laughs> like in terms of both picking the same answer. Is that true? Yeah. That we've always right. managed to pick different answers. I guess. I <laughs> yeah. know that's not right, though. <laughs> I might be making... Uh, I think I think that's right. Okay. Anyway, so that was our big question on the Big Review Ski this week. We wanted to know what's your favourite birthday party in a movie. So do uh, get in touch and let us know. Now, though, it's on to our example high clue this week. And mm. uh, Cara and Olivia, who were in the last couple of weeks, um, thanks very much to them. Um, I do have to battle Cara in the, the Doherty versus O'Doherty. Sure. Um, it's a traditional thing that our clans do. Sure. Every year, anyway, but uh, the Odaherty's always win. We took the soup during the famine. We're not. We're, we're pretty ashamed about that. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> dark as joke. Yeah, yeah. No. I don't know where that was going. To be honest, <laughs> but uh, yes. So we were talking about the high clues last week, and Roy, you've prepared a little example high clue for us to uh, yeah wrap our brains around this week. Now I legitimately feel this is the easiest one don't I've ever say done. that. But like, I seriously like if you like. First line. Need a pen? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so here we go. Right. So we should be getting this off the first line, never mind the second and third. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Great. Great white brains to spare. Great white brains to spare. Okay. Tarzan's mate. Tom is punished. Tom with a capital T. Mm-hmm. Tarzan's mate Tom is punished. Fury's great exit. Fury's 
great exit. Okay, so we'll go through. So great white brains to spare. Uh, Tarzan's, uh, so that's Tarzan apostrophe S. Mm-hmm. Uh, mate Tom with a capital T is punished. And the final line, Furies, F-U-R-Y apostrophe S. Uh, great exit. Great white brains to spare. Five. Tarzan's mate Tom is punished. Seven. Furies, great exit. Five. Sorted. Okay, so that's this week's example. Hi, Clue. We move swiftly. Oh, it's not no, no, ah, no, 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 no. It's a, ah, okay, Jesus. Have you got it? Of course you do. You've got it already. This is de- ah, you get it on the first one. That's what I said. That's what Rory said. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you both no, say it doesn't. No, no, no. Like you know, you have Don't to. You have to play say it. Up. Okay. A word. Are you I'm genuine? Not, you genuinely haven't got great this. white brains to, to spare. Okay, I'm just gonna for yes, Rory's part. Stop. You can stop writing. Great white brains to spare. <laughs> Tarzan's mate Tom is punished. Fury's great exit. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so let's see. We're just going to work this thing out. So great white brains to spare. It's like kind of like a, I really a don't shark. It's like well, like Owen obviously doesn't have brains to spare. <laughs> shark. Uh, spare brains to spare. Okay. Uh, Tarzan's mate. So who played Tarzan? There was Alexander Skarsgård. Um, and his mate. Who's his mate? In that film? Margot Robbie? Tom. She's not punished. Alexander Skarsgård mate Tom. I'm actually genuinely Michael, like Michael, awestruck here. That Michael Pena. Sign guy Shane, have you got it? Nope. No. See, that's see, it's two out of every... He wasn't listening. Two out of every three he, people haven't got it. Play Tarzan. the old school clip. <laughs> play the old Tarzan, school clip again. Tarzan's made Thomas punish. So who... Oh, Michael Pena might be his friend. He was in War and Everyone, yeah. Um, he has a lot of friends. He's a, he's a, he's he seems so like a nice guy, Alexander Skarsgård. Could be um, in real life, you know. Could be okay, Bill. And I, then, you are not to give any more. Has he? He's been given clues. Oh no! I want no. I want to drag this. Like, Fury's then. great exit. So Fury is Charlie's Theron. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Hold on. So you said I didn't even need the second or third line. So I should be getting this off the first this one. Great white painful. brains. You be getting them off everyone. This great. Is, this white is actually painful. Brain. You should like, move do on. Do you not think this is the easiest one I've ever done? Oh yeah. In the first two. In the first. Two words that kind of narrowed a choice of films down. Well, Jaws. Is it Jaws? But that's just because it says great white in it. You're right. I mean, you're on the right line. <laughs> anyway. say, yes, it's Jaws. Can we move on? Yeah, no, we'll, 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 that's a toughie this week, Jaws. folks. So it's not Jaws. Jaws 2. It's a completely different film. That's true. Completely different film. I am fully anticipating people to like tweet in or something and be screaming. Roaring. Roaring. Yep. At this. And I wouldn't blame them. Okay, I'm I'm tweeting in now. I'm okay. I'm I'm drawing a blank here at the minute. You don't which say. Which is a first for me. Like, do you know what I mean? <sighs> to be fair, yeah, you're normally yeah. so on the ball. Just quick, quick in at it. Um, listen, we'll come back to that. But for now, but for now, do you know what? <laughs> well, let's go do to you know the what's movies. Happening now? Do you know what we'll do? No, let's let's go to Don't the movies. You do this to me. <laughs> come on, you've missed it. Really like that Alien Ant Farm song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who was the band before it? Steely Dan. It was the Steely Dan. Steely Dan. Yeah. Um, that was a good one too. So we're looking that, at that was a good week because we were like bopping along to Steely Dan. Those were two of my you favorite weeks, here. and I wasn't here. Now we're being dragged. Oh, here the top ten films in the Irish box office this week. In at number ten is Ocean's Eight. Yep. Yep. Correct. Number nine is Jurassic World. <laughs> Fallen Kingdom almost fallen the whole way out of the box office. Well, his, his new film got cancelled. Cowboy Ninja, Pirate, or whatever, whatever. Which by owners? Chris Pratt. Oh, Chris Pratt. How come? 
I don't know. University oh, okay. took it off the slate. Oh, that's a pity. Um, number eight this week is a new entry that was simply called 2018 Film Festivals. I literally have no idea what that means. My only guess is yes. that uh, they have taken in the ticket sales from the Gays Film Festival combined oh, and it might be number eight because that's be the it. only film festival that was on recently yeah and that was on taking place here in Dublin as mm. well and that's been going since like 1993 or something phenomenal run oh I was um, like uh, no it's only been on for like a week and a half <laughs> like a week and a half one well, um, festival so that could be it or maybe it's just a film about 2018 different film festivals sure. a montage I mean, yeah a montage of them all uh, number seven is Skyscraper both of you thought uh, not the rocks Greatest film. It's, no uh, yeah. it's nothing is any rampage. No, number six. I, like you guys were reviewing this last week yourself and Carpool and Teen Titans go to the movies. Sounds amazing. I, I still haven't seen it. It's unbelievable. I thought it was uh, the film that the Lego Batman film really should have been. Unbelievably clever, whip smarts, great breakdown of the whole superhero hero genre. Takes the Mickey out of DC and Marvel, and uh, there are two cameos in it who. Uh, it's fantastic I listen to it and it's really really clever and hopefully it's at six now but hopefully it does enough money around the world to come back because I knew nothing cheap. about it Yeah, it was cheap to make I think it was only like 12 million well, that's oh good because there was no real nothing for, yeah. uh, I think apart from like Kristen Bell and uh, I think uh, Patton Oswalt was a voice in it there wasn't really too much you know, star part names. Yeah. so I'd be more than happy to see them come back it was one of the better comic book films I've seen in a long time Ooh. brilliant no, they, as I said your review and Cara's review last week uh, and the enthusiasm around I was like oh that sounds amazing it does sound good um, so we'll be going to see Teen Titans go to the movies that's number six <laughs> number five it's back Hotel Transylvania 3 A Monster Vacation now I wasn't the biggest fan of the first two films. I haven't seen Why? this new one yet. I Paul just kind I, of alluded to it last week. But. Well, no, there was there was a time where I think it was whenever the second one was released in 2015, uh, and we were doing an older kind of uh, review of like box office films for weeks on end. And Hotel Trans- Transylvania Two was there, I think, for about uh, the best part of like. Do you know a what you year. need? <laughs> you need a crossover between that and The Greatest Showman. <laughs> yeah, just to drive me completely yes, bonkers. That would be fantastic and um, I'll put the money up for that what was the Donald one Peter Rabbit oh Peter Rabbit yeah. as well of course uh, number four this week is Incredibles 2 which we all loved and a more than worthy uh, successor to um, it, The Incredibles uh, Mission Impossible Fall like, this was nuts when you said this last week it didn't get to number one in Ireland not in Ireland no everywhere else but Ireland and England I think but uh, yeah I don't know why it's very we strange we have such a, a version <laughs> to poor Tom but uh, such a strong love for Abba, Abba. for Abba <laughs> um, I that's really the next Mission Impossible <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise yeah. wipes out Abba I really enjoyed uh, Mission Impossible Fallout um, and again both of you we really saying, enjoyed your interviews in Paris oh we thanks really very much for you in Paris Messi Bocco oh listen that lad that's right I've been on and uh, openly uh, flirting cruise, with Henry Cavill a cruising oh who did you say that's exactly what I said. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> didn't you just say that? Um, I was on a two-week cruise uh, with Henry Cavill. That's where I've been uh, the past two weeks. He doesn't know about it. I was in his cabin, hiding in his underwear drawer. Oh. Yeah. Big underwear. Uh, oh. <laughs> lots of room. Please spin out to something else. <laughs> number two. But about, like, the action is genuinely uh, spectacular. In the his plot, underwear drawer? Yes. Oh, <laughs> the plot wasn't... Um, 
I didn't think it was as clever as some of the previous ones but uh, yeah Cruise is just phenomenal and and genuinely Henry Cavill's character August Walker is uh, I think a brilliant addition and the the greatest waste of 20 million quid or 25 million quid in the Halo drop completely pointless look (laughs) oh I thought you were going to say his moustache yeah oh well that as well Um, but do go and see Mission Impossible Fallout uh, and you can check our interviews with the cast uh, and director Christopher McQuarrie Uh, it's up on uh, the big review it's up on joe.ie as well Um, number two brand new entry it was our big review last week Ant-Man and the Wasp. Marvel and Disney can't beat ABBA either. This is insane. I don't <laughs> know what's going on. I don't understand. It's, uh, yeah, I thought it was, it's good fun. I thought it was better than the first one. Um, in One of the better Marvel villains. Quite funny. Sets up nicely to Avengers 4 or Infinity War 2 or whatever they end up calling it. Uh, yeah, but it's just a real uh, problem with ABBA. <laughs> Yeah. Why is why can no one beat Abbott? In case you haven't realised, uh, number one still in the Irish box office is Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. And it has kept uh, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible Fallout and uh, the star power of Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp off the top spot. Which I think for Disney and Marvel is probably a new kind of feeling to be like, what do you mean we didn't go in at number one but immediately? It, but like, if, if you said, okay, Mamma Mia opened the same week as Ant-Man would be like mm, okay well there's a lot of older cinema goers but this is like this is the third or fourth week it's out it's still making more money than the opening weekend of Ant-Man of or Mission Impossible it's, uh, it's pretty bonkers you should get Louise from Ant-Man to describe it that would be amazing no. now yeah. Paul you loved or Roy Sai you loved Mamma Mia Here We Go Again uh, love is a strong word. Okay, I, I felt very emotionally manipulated by it but right. I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's love Oh yeah, my yeah. That's the definition of love. Of love. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. I want to know what that's love why. is. Emo- emotional manipulation. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. A lot of tears. Yeah, yeah. This scene at the end, and I was like, "Well, damn you, you were broken. Damn you, Abba. It's uh, yeah. It's also very funny. And um, I never cared for Lily James before. I didn't think she was a very good actress, but she's really really good in this she won you over in this okay well uh, still like gazillions of people flocking to see Mamma Mia here we go again now one of our big releases this week is well Rory I kind of want you to take for it because you have been uh, pretty excited about this film for a long long time mm. in fact uh, the articles on site um, you constantly refer to it as the greatest film of all time I did yeah and now in the special dedicated the mega special Nice. Dedicated to yeah. the review of the film, and I didn't get to see it. Oh no! I just timing. <laughs> but you're best friends with the author and everything. I he sent you a signed book. <laughs> and those pictures. Why are you rubbing that? In? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we're here. Uh, we're in the week of release for the Meg. Yeah. Um, Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we sent super non-fan along <laughs> to see just the film. to mess with Rory. Um, but no, Rory, you did get a chance to talk to Adrian the Wet, who, Met, as we yep. said, uh, <laughs> the visual uh, effects supervisor. Vietnam wet. <laughs> <laughs> the visual effects supervisor. Working on the Meg. So, what is he kind of responsible for the design and the look of the actual shark? Uh, yes, yeah, Jason Statham's stubble as well. <laughs> well, he, like he, anything that is uh, not Jason Statham and not uh, real people, you know, running away from a fake shark, was designed by him. Um, director John Turtletaub apparently had a very specific vision of how he wanted it to look, which uh, throughout the interview with. Mr. DeVette 
uh, he, 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 yeah, he says that that vision kept getting changed because it's as realistic as they kind of wanted to make a 70-foot prehistoric shark. They're also very aware that they're making a movie about a 70-foot prehistoric shark yeah. that's being punched <laughs> by Jason Statham. <Stevens. laughs> yeah. So how serious can you make it? And how, how, how realistic does it have to be? So that's a that's an interesting line he has to draw. <laughs> but isn't there isn't that how you get rid of a shark? You punch it on the you nose. Pop on the nose, you yeah. Pop it or, on the nose. Or like poke its eye out is okay. the other one. Or if you're uh You're really what, what's what's her name? He was in the shallows. Uh Blake Lively. Blake yeah, Lively, if you're Blake yeah. Lively you come up with a really convoluted way of <laughs> yeah. using bowies and uh chains and everything. You're um Steven Siegel. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Siegel. Siegel. Yeah. I like it. You're uh you're well up to speed in how to defeat sharks. Just in shark movies, really. Yeah. Which so you're you not. would you would have been the perfect you're not, person. You still haven't got the goddamn high clue. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Okay. 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 Alright. So I'm gonna get the high clue <laughs> while everyone else sits down and listens to Roy's interview with Adrian De Vet. Vet. Very good. <laughs> I meant to say wet. <laughs> Adrian De Vet, uh, we're talking about the Meg today. Um, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going to lie, when I first heard the concept of this movie, I don't think I stopped clapping and applauding and whooping for about 15 minutes because uh, uh, just, just the, the like Jason Statham versus a giant shark is all I need to get me into the Absolutely. cinema. Uh, I was curious, yeah. what was your first reaction when they uh, told you what the movie was? It was exactly the same as yours. I thought it was preposterous and highly entertaining. And then as soon as I found out who was directing it, I just couldn't stay away. Yeah, John Turtletaub is, uh, he's very eclectic. Uh, CV. Um, there's nothing he quite. Is. There's nothing quite like the Meg uh, on there. But I suppose there's nothing quite like the Meg on anyone's CV. Um, first question would be, uh, you know, when when a, when a project like this comes up, how how does a person like yourself end up with this job? Is is it is it a matter of the film companies approaching you? Uh, do you kind of have to almost audition with stuff you've done previously, or is there kind of a, a contract yeah. understanding, or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I saw the script was kicking around, but I, I, um, I, I went for it because I've worked with John before. Um, plus the fact that my name, I, I've got a name that's out there um, as well. So he, they knew who I am. Uh, Warner Brothers knew who I am, and I, then I did a sort of a telephone interview with John and a, a couple of the producers, including Barry Osborne. And um, luckily enough, they offered me the job. And at, at, at the time, I was working for a visual effects company as well that's got a really great name in the industry so I was in a pretty good position to get that um, and uh, yeah so we went from there and it was good and when it came to uh, this this movie there is <clears throat> obviously there is that sense of um, preposterousness to it but like you, you obviously have to put some real <laughs> research into it because uh, oh, yeah. it, it is still a giant killer shark and people in their minds have an idea of what a shark um, looks like so you kind of have to balance the line between because we know again can't re- it really can't emphasize this enough it is a giant shark but if if Thank the film is think. yeah if the film is if, if the shark is um, too big it could almost be oh this is just Sharknado or if you don't go big enough yeah. then it's not impressive enough um, how yeah. difficult was it for you um, for you all to kind of come to the conclusion of this is how this is the size we need to get it on the big screen well that was that was actually one of the main challenges is that you know we 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 built and designed the shark to be about 75 foot long 
Um, so we had that as our absolute sort of measurement. That was its real-world size. But when you put it in all these thousands of shots uh, that are all with different lenses and different distances from camera, in some shots it doesn't look big at all. So we had to sort of cheat it on a shot-by-shot basis. We had to sort of adjust the size to make it consistently feel like it was 75 foot long. Um, there's a lot of optical illusions in photography. There's a lot of, you know, the cam- people say the camera never lies. The cameras constantly lie, um, by the way, and they, and they give you the wrong information to your brain all the time. So if you shoot the, if, you, if we had a shot with the Meg in the background on a, on a, on a 40 millimeter lens, it would look completely smaller than if we had it on a 75 millimeter, millimeter lens. So yeah, we were constantly adjusting and, and changing the Meg to feel dramatically correct rather than um, just physically correct. Uh, well, I'm happy to hear that because uh, even from the posters alone, like you see, there's there's one fantastic poster uh, which is kind of a riff on the Jaws poster of the the lady swimming away from the great white, and then the great white is swimming away from the huge Meg shark, and that shark is like yeah. it could swallow the other one in quite easily. So, uh, yeah, it does yeah, make sense. That, Sorry, go on. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely. Um, I, I don't know for sure, but that's really John Turtletop's humour. That's I, that that was something that he. That's a joke that he would constantly say about you know, one predator going for a piece of prey, and then you see this bigger predator behind it going for the predator. So that was um, I'm sure. I mean that's 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 totally his sense of humour. Well, it, it's I guess it is important uh, as well to kind of nail the uh, the tone um, of, of the film, but. Yeah, from what I understand, uh, there is there's a there's a kind of a toe dipping into realism as well because you also had to put a lot of work into uh, the skin uh, color and the, the the texture and uh, everything to do with the the teeth and you, you know there there, yeah. there there was some real uh, research put into yeah. how it had to look absolutely absolutely but you know you got to remember this is a film it's a movie it's entertainment it's not a science documentary so sure even though there it's, are very it's not of, a science um, documentary <laughs> <laughs> um but it's interesting this is an interesting point because the only record physical record that we have of the real megalodon in the world is the tooth because we have fossilized teeth now the megalodon was a a, a, a shark with a um, cartilage skeleton, which is soft tissue. So we have no fossil record of the skeleton. So every sort of scientific, very well-educated drawing or diagram of what we think the megalodon used to look like is actually conjecture. We don't have any proof. So, you know, in the movies, we can take the tooth and we can just be completely creative with what we want it to be. And that's what we did on on this film. You know, we we made a creature that people would enjoy and, and be scared of rather than rather than trying to stick rigidly to 100% of what the scientists tell us. Well, that's, uh, that follows in, in line with like Jurassic Park because, you know, the velociraptors yeah. in reality were three feet tall, uh, which wouldn't that's be right. terribly yeah. scary at all. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, we're in the business of creating entertainment. So we had some fun with designing the Megalodon and we, we, we made it a very sort of stout, quite bulbous shape. Um, and we, you know, we, we adjusted the face so that it didn't look like um, it had a big grin. Because if you look at a great white face on, it looks a little goofy. Yeah. And it has, it definitely has very much of a grin, which they used in, you know, Finding Nemo with the with the with the shark. But with our movie, we wanted it to not have a grin. We wanted it to not look like it was smiling. So we kind of uh, 
adjusted the geometry of the face so that it had a bit more of a sort of angry feel to it. And we changed the skin as well. We changed the color. We made it sort of brown and mottled and gray and very warty. And we covered it with scars like it had been spent, like it had spent its entire life battling giant squids and whales. So we gave it those little circular pockmarks all over its skin like it had been in a fight with a giant squid. Um, yeah, I mean, we had some real fun with designing that creature. And it went through uh, probably about 30 different iterations before we could say that it was done. And it probably took about a year to design the thing. And then we had to go into sort of rigging and, and muscle simulation in wobble and you know you then you have to get into the physicality of 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 uh, extremely huge heavy beast and the way it swims yeah, and that's a whole other thing hydrodynamics and and stuff like that have you have you seen the finished film yet i have okay yeah. i i uh have one final question for you then is there one particular uh, scene or sequence or you know, one special effect that you are super proud of that you're really looking forward to audiences seeing on the big screen in the Meg? Yeah, it's, it happens right in the middle of the movie. There's a thing that happens which is entirely <laughs> unexpected. A thing. <laughs> and I love it. I think it's the climax of the film. Um, and it's, uh, you know, with the, at the screening I went to, people sort of gasped and clapped and laughed and they were thoroughly entertained by that particular beat so okay. I'm very lo much looking forward to, to that and seeing it in 3D I've never seen it in 3D um, actually and apparently there is a 3D version which I've not seen but I'm really looking forward to that oh, well. I'm actually going to the premiere on on uh, on um, Monday in LA Oh, fantastic! That will be uh, yeah. That'll be a good time. I look forward to uh, to everyone seeing the thing in the middle of the Meg. And uh, Adrian, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. You're very welcome. Thank you. What's that? What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible—a living fossil thought to have been extinct for over two million years. Wrong. Oh my God. It's Megalodon. He's kidding, right? The thing's out there. We need to find it and kill it. Why don't you just put a tracker on it? Did you guys ever watch Shark Week? heroic but it's kind of got a negative attitude she on this you ugly <laughs> the reason that clip is so long is because I love Bobby Darren. Um, somewhere beyond the sea, I was it's an amazing tune. I think I just want to listen to that song. All right, I was like, yeah. this clip is really long, <laughs> really long. Um, so uh, that was Roy's interview with Adrian. The I can't believe I actually called him the right name. The vet, the wet. Uh, there. So 
Yeah, as you said, he's got a phenomenal track record and the director of the film, John Turtlelobe, mm. um, has a really eclectic mix of films because obviously he's here directing a film about Jason Statham fighting a giant 70-foot shark. Sure. But what else What else has he done? I think the biggies would be like While You Were Sleeping and yep. uh, National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. Oh, he did that as well. Jeez. Yeah. Like, that's, those are some jumps to this. Yeah, but like, I, if someone said, who would you... Who's the perfect director for a $150 million film about Chase instead of finding a shark? I'd be like, me? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Um, um, but, yeah, he had a particular highlight scene that, like, really blue-balled me. I really didn't see whatever scene he's talking about. But I didn't. Paul did. Yeah, because he reckons the climax of the film is in the middle and there's a That's thing. That's not a good thing. A thing. No, I know. <laughs> you want it towards him. But he said uh, it's a thing that happens that he loves and uh, only one of us here uh, has had a chance to see a sneak peek uh, at the Meg and it is uh, Paul Moore. What, what if I just stop talking now and just <laughs> like five it. minutes of dead space you kill me. Well, what's, what's I'm the very aware about, this has Paul? to be the most spoiler free review I've ever Rory said in my life. Rory will murder you. Yes, yes. <laughs> He's seething He's, I've, I can feel I Rory's gaze I burning into the quite, side of my head. quite tightly coiled right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so essentially Jason Statham is an ocean diver who has I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, here we go. I'm sorry. I no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> do you want to leave the room? Kind Did of. Didn't we know that? Uh, but like, if you want to leave, we the knew room, that before. That's fine. No, no, no it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's I'll fine. Do, okay. Do you want to leave the room? No, it's fine. Okay. He's an sure? ocean diver. Go okay. on. At the start of the film, he encounters the Meg. Okay. And with a crew, and we pick up the film in its current climate years later, and he's a transformed man from that first encounter with ah, this right, okay. gigantic monster. Okay. So it's already different from the book, which opened. <laughs> which opened. Now, Rory, I'm going to ask you to first, leave the room if you keep person, interrupting Paul. It opened first person from the thoughts of a dinosaur 65 <laughs> million right. years ago. So. It's not faithful. <laughs> it's not a faithful adaptation. Because that's where we're going to hinge our whole belief system on a 75-foot shark versus the state. So he's drawn back in after a person he knows is uh, working on the gigantic uh, marine vessel that we saw in the trailer when they're going down uh, doing marine biologists because they believe that the Laurentian Abyss isn't the deepest ocean in the world. They believe there's a strata below it and that the ground is, in fact, clouds which I kind of puzzles me because sonar picks up sound and that's how you measure depth. But anyway, we'll yes, go with it. Science probably. We'll go with it. <laughs> I wouldn't, so I science is out the window already. Science in this film. And when they go down to this new layer underneath the ocean, they discover something that should be undiscovered, which is the Meg. It's the Meg. Okay, gotcha. I'm delighted to report that it is a heap of fun. It okay. is yes. a heap, a heap of fun yes. when the shark is on screen. Oh, okay. no, that sounds no. like a, and an asterisk. I find it interesting that you said the director's vision changed throughout the film and also the comments that Mr. De Vet made about the set piece because it's 160 million quid, I guarantee... Oh, sorry, 165? Something like that. What? Well, I think like before any a single poster or interview was set up, it was like 150. Really? I guarantee almost 140 million of that went to the effects in Statham's paycheck because when the shark is on screen, the action is very good. And that set piece in particular he mentions halfway through the film is an elongated half hour set piece that's about three different pieces in one, and uh, it's it's really good fun. It's it's enjoyable. It's kind of stunts you've seen in shark films, but it's filmed in a different way it's kind of more comic booky, but you go with it and you have a heap of fun with it 
Uh, Statham is is grand in the lead. He doesn't stretch himself too much. He's done this before. He's you can you can buy the fact that he is up against seventy five for Jack because it's Jason Statham. The surrounding cast are around them. Not so much. And I'm, I'm not saying this for comic effect. The shark is a better actor than about four or five of these characters. Well, I never really thought Ruby Rose could act. I think that's why they kept her quiet for all of John Wick. I think there's a reason why you haven't heard any of the cast or seen any of them in the trailer or any of the promotional I, material. I already hate Rain Wilson from the trailer. There is a line in it, uh, like, I'm not going to give it, don't give it away, but they deliver deadpan and they don't go for laughs. That two million fossil just ate my best friend. I think that's a good line. And yeah. there's also kind of the turns to camera. We messed with nature. We shouldn't have done that. And now nature's fighting back. There's a lot of that campy, hallmarky stuff. And I don't think they're playing for laughs or deliberately know it's supposed to be cheesy. Okay. Mm. Um, as I said, when the shark is on screen, the action is really loads of fun. But um, there is some awful acting from around it. And with regards to the set pieces as I said they're great there was I found there was a bit of a lack of blood I'm curious to see what rating it is it is it's gory 12s. it's gory and I, I and like they do push the boundaries and I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised here it's 12 you see some limbs you'd expect that in a shark film you see some attacks but I'm not surprised that Mr. DeVette said that it peaked at that moment a half hour because it does feel like it could have pardon the pun chomped on a lot more particularly uh, I won't pardon at one particular <laughs> I'm pardoning the pun at one particular scene which I won't run too much at the climax and you just thought did they run out of like great set pieces did they run out of ideas uh, Statham is fine the shark action is great but um, uh, there's also characters who are like after the set pieces who weren't even billed as comedic relief start cracking one liners after a gigantic 75 foot shark tries to eat them <laughs> and I'm like no, that's just, just adrenaline kicking in that's panic that's, yeah, you, that's yeah. fine you tell jokes well, to I've, like diffuse the situation yeah. I just would have liked a bit more of the bo- or even just to, just strip back the characters get rid of just a few of them and you know just just streamline it into like, you wanted, an action like, vehicle you wanted like all is lost do you want Robert Redford versus or Jason Statham just Meg. alone at sea versus yeah. the Meg but ultimately no dialogue <laughs> it all comes down to one last bit Statham versus the shark and it does win you back for the last bit so you do leave the cinema feeling yeah, well, I've, I've, that shark. I've heard exactly what I want to hear because you said all the bits with the shark are really good fun yeah they and are that's, that's exactly why I'm going to see the egg but you will laugh I think a lot of people a lot of actors I don't know if they got the script and thought they were making Jaws and <laughs> yeah. it's not Jaws this is this isn't even deep blue sea levels of absurdity. This is the Meg. I'm going to go over to Rory here now, and uh, I will hope you that still be going to see I the hope Meg? That didn't Rory? Spoil it for you. Yeah, no, no. Thank you for making it uh, almost entirely spoiler free. Um, <laughs> there's a so shark. Passive oh, and uh, Statham. It turns out Statham is the shark all along. Yeah. Ah, cool. Well, I think that was obvious from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does it set itself up very obviously for a sequel? There's a scene Lest at the we forget, end. there are six books. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a scene at the end that uh, there's one particular shot um, with a bunch of uh, of aquatic life and stuff buzzing around. And yeah, you can kind of make see where book, they yeah. can go. Okay, but uh, there's a whole the whole the whole abyss down there. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot more to explore. Busy all abyss. <laughs> it certainly is. Busy all abyss. So that's the big, which is uh, the that's massive the big, is it? Uh, did I say the big? Yeah. <laughs> That's the big or the Meg, <laughs> uh, which is our big release this week. There you go. There it's we go. our Meg release. Stupid yeah. shark fun. Go see it.
Perfect. That's that's exactly what I'm looking Did for. Did you post a quote? Um, our other uh, big release this week is Unfriended Dark Web, which is the latest horror film from Bloomhouse Productions, who we've talked about uh, a good few times on the on the show before. They're the guys who make a low budget horror, and it makes back uh, an absolute packet. And sometimes and they're great. So and they often are because a few years back they made Unfriended, which wasn't universally loved, but I enjoyed it. Really loved. Yeah. The first. He also made Get Out. Oh, Bloomhouse, yeah, 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 of course. Like, so they they do have uh, a really flash. good, yeah, really good track record of uh, of some excellent films. So, Unfriended uh, released a couple of years back about a group of friends who all go online to talk to each other, basically through Skype and different social media platforms, and the entire big screen of the cinema is uh, it's basically your computer screen which is a really good premise because mm. everyone uh, over the age of probably like 12 going to see these films will be familiar with this kind of setup of uh, either a Mac or a Facebook page or as we said Skype and YouTube and all these uh, various programs um, so you're watching it and yeah it feels like you're looking like at a massive laptop basically I remember saying it was like this is probably the first horror film I've ever seen that might be better to watch at home on your laptop yeah that'll be a, just a brilliant way to do it and again and that's probably part of their thinking as well whenever they <laughs> silly old one thinking that people are still going to buy D- whenever they buy the DVDs and then they put the I'll DVDs put into, into their laptops oh there's no disk drive <laughs> so uh, this is kind of this is the sequel to Unfriended but it's not really connected the only real connection is that uh, it's the same kind of setup it's a group of friends online talking to each other one night through Skype and uh, we've a little clip here and then we'll give you a full review of Unfriended Dark web. Yo. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey. It is game night. Ow, ow. Are you ready for this? I got a new laptop. <laughs> Actually new. There's a cyber cafe that I've been working at, and this computer was sitting in the lost and found for the last three or four weeks. Hang on, you stole someone's computer? And I didn't steal it. Oh, yeah, okay. That's messed up. And I found this folder. It was hidden. And it automatically connects you to this thing. This is dark web. What's dark web? Part of the internet where no one can track you. It's all about drugs, illegal IDs, even assassination for hire. Yeah, the dark net is mostly about the bad guys. And this computer's got videos on it, right? Check this out. That's good advice there from that character. Yeah, she really she really they should have stopped making this film before oh, it came out. No. no, I wasn't like as we said, Unfriended a couple of years ago um was really enjoyable and uh there's well, because of the premise, uh it was well acted or like a group of unknowns and as you said it kind of we hadn't seen something like this uh before because it is essentially like a version of a found footage film. Yeah. Um but with a mixture of all different cameras so as you're looking at one part of the screen something else is happening over in one corner uh and then something else in the background of another kind of tab and stuff so it's well done. And all of that setup works really well again here. There's one crucial difference between dark web and the original film and um, I'll not get into that here but it was that kind of one crucial difference that just made it not work as well for me was it the form of the villain 
yes, that kind of had something to do with it, all right. Uh, and then, like, as you heard the different voices uh, there in the clip, you have one of the friends is an expert in all things tech. So any questions that anyone has, he's able to kind of get involved and answer the, the audience's questions as well. Being on a computer and Googling it. <laughs> yeah, well, they do, you know, they do that. They kind of, they are the world's fastest typers as well. Because um, right. they're amazing like, at, at Googling everything as, as you kind of uh, watch the film go along. And there's another friend who, um, you know, he's this conspiracy theorist. So he's got all the answers about the dark web side of things as well. So... There again, we've talked before about how I'm a massivist when it comes to horror films, and it just there was one place where I jumped, and I'm actually ashamed that I jumped there because I should have seen it coming about a mile off. So everyone else will definitely see it, but other than that, I just didn't find it that scary at all. And because you know you've seen Unfriended or Unfriended is there to watch, uh, it's it's that kind of premise just just done better, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. But um, there is another film with a similar kind of visual style searching is out soon oh yes and it's all that entirely on a laptop screen but on the big screen and I think it maybe puts it to better use than even the first one friend it did so I'm not sure when that's out but we'll review that later but it is something to look forward yeah, to yeah that's coming out later in August and as we say we will have tickets to give away to uh, a screening a Joe and her exclusive screening of Searching so uh, keep an eye out on the sites for those ticket giveaways uh, as well but so that's uh, our two big releases this week The Meg and Unfriended Dark Web so I yeah it sounds like definitely go see The Meg anyway um, now we <laughs> we were all struggling so much with that high clue earlier on yeah. from, speaking uh, of when from you Roy sh- I was racking my shark brains <laughs> yep. so uh, just to go back over it, it's great white brains to spare. Uh, Tarzan's mate Tom is punished. Fury's great exit. So while we were listening to Adrian the Wet, um, I'm delighted to say I think I have got the correct answer. Ooh. It wasn't Jaws. Of course, it is a shark film. And you're right, I should have got it. There's really only three of them. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> there are. Is it Deep Blue Sea? It is Deep Blue it Sea. It is. So yeah. Great White Brains, got obviously. The show, yeah, the, got it in one show, eventually. <laughs> great White Brains, uh, obviously the kind of super smart uh, Great White Sharks. Yep. Um, Tarzan's mate. Is Alexander Skarsgård in it? Tarzan's oh, mate. Oh, Tarzan's mate, Tom. Is Jane. His name is Tom Jane. Jane. Well, the actor's name is Tom Jane. Yeah, the lead actor. Right, jeez, I didn't even, didn't even realise. So forget Plus the middle line. Plus there's a Skarsgård. Plus there's a Skarsgård as well. Skarsgård's oh, in Deep Blue Sea. Oh, nice. And Thomas Jane was the Punisher. And he punish. punished because he got out of jail. That's a nice line. Deep Blue Sea. That literally, that line just went over my head. Yeah. Uh, and then Fury's great exit, which of course is Samuel L. Jackson playing Nick Fury, uh, who has... Yeah, another wonderful cameo. We had that a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, yeah best movie death. Um, so uh, that's a good high clue. I am a bad high clue getter. So there you go. Sorry about that. I'm just proud that you got it in 40 <laughs> plus minutes. Yeah, we will have our competition. He's getting, he's getting better. Like, thanks, thank, guys. thanks to editing, he's getting it quicker I'm quicker. getting it so fast. <laughs> um, we will have our competition high clue coming up later on the show. But just before that, in case you can't make it to the cinema to see uh, Jason Statham fight off a shark or uh, friends, like, could you ever do Unfriended yourself? Like, you ever just Skype all your friends like five or six of them do you have that many friends no no okay um, so this is our recommendation <laughs> to watch at home this week uh, I was kind of in the mood for uh, a Jason Statham film because you did recommend Crank a did couple of weeks it, back though? I went looking for it I couldn't find it on Netflix I couldn't find it on Sky Joe I told you it's on there's no other place to get it <laughs> no, no, oh, I, didn't, I don't have a TV there, there are places to get it <laughs> there are places what on the dark web I'm not going on no, there like, are you mad like movie 
rental online places. Oh yeah, video stores, Le- legal places, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had a I had a Statum uh, Craven. So I went searching and, State of uh, emergency State of emergency And I went for The mechanic Okay Yeah <laughs> So watch that <laughs> no, it was, This is probably Should uh, I Should I recommend recommend Crank again to him or? Just recommend I Crank actually again. on the telly <laughs> Yeah uh, Well you see uh, The mechanic is released And it's on uh, Netflix it's only an hour and a half. And I didn't realise it has Ben Foster yeah, in it as well. Yeah. I was enjoying the film for most of it. It kind of feels like some of the set pieces are like a Bourne film. Like they're actually, the action is that good in a lot of places. Mm. But it's just you're dealing with, uh, well, Ben Foster just hams it up massively yeah. Yeah. as a troubled kind of a guy who has a, a bit of a dark history and a connection to uh, Jason Statham's character. The mechanic who plays uh, a retired assassin with a heart of gold, um, as they always do, or with a conscience, kind yeah. of. Does he have a heart of gold in the mic? Um, the shark or the Statham? Statham. Yeah, he's, yeah, he has emotions. I wonder who we're supposed to be rooting for. He has like, like fear, fear, anger, all that range. <laughs> all that range. <laughs> Back and forth. So that, <laughs> that's the mechanic which that is, is on Netflix. Does he actually have fear? I don't know if it's tears or water in his eyes. Uh, the, it, could, it could be both. It was the ocean splashed up in my face. Yeah, I'm not like, crying, it's just the ocean. <laughs> Interesting to think of Jason Statham. He does have to act expressing fear. Yeah, he does have to act with like a little kid most of it. So, you know, parental side to Statham. Oh, Chilling. Right. Ah, mm-hmm. that's nice. I think he's a good actor. He's got some um, age. So, yeah, if you do have a, a craving for Statham, um, you can go and check out The Mechanic there as well. And I think The Mechanic Resurrection, which is on uh, Netflix. That's yeah, terrible. I haven't seen that, that one. I'm, I'm going to watch that one. The first, like, the first Mechanic isn't great either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry for Did you just literally just, like, go on to Netflix and say... I watch it on Bank Holiday Monday. I was in his pajamas. Safe is even better than that. I think Spy is on there as well. Uh, Rory, we just I enjoyed The Mechanic better than Spy anyway I, my, he, where he tells a story about his girlfriend falling out of a plane oh, flying on the way down actually, and hit fr- by another plane on I the way down I forgot he was actually in that but I was like why are you bringing up Melissa McCarthy but anyway so uh, Owen spent his two weeks away from the show watching films obviously yeah it was tough in Henry Cavill's underwear drawer oh. um, so this week's competition high clue a big congratulations oh. to everyone who got last week's high clue correct uh, it went as follows stiffs seized by students oh yeah Captain Euphigenia Young Bird of Praise Schooled. Uh, so Stiffs Seized by Students, Captain Euphigenia. Euphigenia uh, is capital E, U-P-H-E-G-E-N-I-A. And the final line is Young Bird of Praise Schooled. And Poor praise Cara. is P-R-E-Y apostrophe S. Cara had schooled. no idea. In fairness, that was a pretty tough one if you haven't seen it. Well, I think not the most pop culture film. I think they all are. I yeah. think, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but this tough. one isn't really as zeitgeisty as Con Air. We have well, this. This one, uh, I think, if you get the middle line, you yeah. c- you kind of you kind of have it, or if you recognise the middle line. Well, <laughs> so I thought. Unfortunately, Auntie Tam got the wrong answer. Not my auntie, but they were on the right track. They said Mrs. Doubtfire, sure, uh, because Euphigenia is uh, Mrs. Doubtfire's first name, mm-hmm. uh, played by Robin Williams. But there were plenty of right answers too, including Connor Quinlan, who responded with a gif of. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Yep. And uh, a special round of applause for Dahi, who got the correct answer within about 30 seconds of, you know, you put the high clue up on Twitter. And mm-hmm. you hit, like, there we go, tweet. And it was like, ding, he just got it straight away. The answer was... Carpe diem. That's, yeah. <laughs> dead Poet Society. Yeah. Um, so stiffs seized by students. Uh, the stiffs were the dead poets. Uh, seized 
was in reference to Carpe Diem, seized today, uh, seized by the students, uh, all the the students in the in the school basically. Captain Euphigenia is in reference to Robin Williams. He plays Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, aka Euphigenia, uh, and then Captain because they call him uh, Oh Captain, My Captain. And Young Bird of Prey, uh, praise schooled is Ethan Hawke, um, and he's schooled by uh, Robin Williams' teacher. Can I ask you a question? Yes. When you're coming up with the movies that you decide you want to yes. do this to, yes. Do you like how what what is your decision making process? How do you land on Dead Poet Society after Con Air? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Well, actually, for Con Air, I just asked somebody for I was like, name a film, and they said Con Air. So was I did the, that uh, one. That makes sense because yeah. if, like if someone asked me to do that, my one of my first films probably would also be Con Air. Yeah. But, <laughs> Like Dead Poet Society is. I can't remember why I chose. That. I think there was something about Robin, Robin Williams, Williams that was in, was in the news, and I was like, "Oh, I'll pick a Robin Williams film." Um, so that was the one uh, that popped out. What this week's one? Do you want this week's one? Yeah, competition likely. Okay, pens are ready. I'm excited. Faults director digs. That's faults director digs. The middle line is Lester's wannabe lover. That's Lester apostrophe S. And the final line is Parisian pen. So the three lines are false director digs. False director digs. Five syllables. Uh, the middle line is Lester's wannabe lover. Seven. And the final line is Parisian pen. Five. So that is this week's competition high clue. Hmm. Oh, we oh, got hmm. terms. Hmm. Yes, mm. I've got an I've got an actress, but uh, yeah. okay. okay. Can I have a vowel? <laughs> <laughs> no, he. It's in there. It's in there. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, yes. So coming soon on the big review ski, uh, we're going to have Denzel Washington, my man, my mom's <gasps> my favorite man. person in the world. I think if it came down to it, uh, she would choose him over anyone else. You should have been called Denzel Cashin. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's his older brother. The respect, <laughs> the respect I wouldn't be able to. In fairness, I think he calls it Denzel, but everyone calls him Denzel because his father is Denzel. Oh right. So okay. he, sorry, as far as Denzel, so he had to go by Denzel. Well, we'll there check it out with him. Ask we'll, him. We'll ask him. Ask him. Definitely. So he will be on the show next week, along with the director of the Equalizer Two, Antoine. Fuck you. Close. Fuqua Don't you lead with that line F- It's Q- nice to meet you Mr. Yeah. Antoine Fuck you <laughs> Well if we're having Conversation Fuck you eh Fuck you Nothing but anyway. the best Journalism <laughs> on this show We have fun don't we Lads it's great to be back it? See you next week Okay <laughs>